0: M-S-W Media. Thanks to Aura Frames for supporting the Daily Beans. Aura Frames makes digital picture frames. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Visit auraframes.com to get up to $30 off their best-selling Carver Frames. Plus, get free shipping with code DAILYBEANS at checkout. This deal ends on May 14th, so don't wait. Terms and conditions apply. Mm -hmm. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, April 26, 2023. Today, President Joe Biden has announced he is officially running for re-election in 2024. Judge Gorsuch finds himself in the hot seat now for not reporting a real estate deal. The Florida Surgeon General falsified findings in a COVID vaccine study. Ted Cruz is caught on tape plotting the coup. The jury has the Proud Boys case. And an Ohio man is charged with arson for burning down a church that was scheduled to host drag shows. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Hub Day. How are you? Uh,
1: I was fine until reading the, <laughs> hearing you read the intro. What the fuck is wrong with people? I am so over this. I'm so over the drag queen thing. I'm so mad that they used another marginalized community to get outrage of something that's not actually a damn problem in this country. I'm just over it. I'm over it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, they caught the guy and the DOJ is pressing some pretty serious charges. And also, Biden announced today, he did make his official announcement that he uh, and Kamala are running for president, vice president 2024. It was expected. Uh, but what, what, what I didn't expect was immediately Bernie Sanders came out and said, he, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run in 2024. And he fully endorsed Joe Biden.
1: Wow. So, that is a big that is a big deal, because sometimes and listen, if you're Bernie bro and you're listening, sometimes it's hard to get everyone on board in the same train.
0: But yes, Dems in array. So everybody is behind the candidate. And, you know, a lot of people were upset they're not going to have debates or anything. They never do really for the incumbent. It's the the party, you know, puts the incumbent as their candidate and you yeah. don't need to have debates. Now, if you really want to hear him debate like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or Marianne Williamson, uh, sorry, it's not going to happen. Uh, But yeah, nobody else is going to run against him. So this is just everybody getting behind the ticket. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, here's that news I was telling you about. We'll we'll just kick this off really quick with this. An Ohio man, he's been charged by the Department of Justice with a violation of the Church Arson Prevention Act for using Molotov cocktails against the Community Church of Chesterland in Chesterland, Ohio, in an attempt to burn the church to the ground. He was also indicted on one count of using fire to commit a federal felony, one count of malicious use of explosive materials, and one count of possessing a destructive device. According to court documents, Eamon uh, D. Penny, age 20, by the way, Jeez. of Alliance, Ohio, attempted to burn the church to the ground after learning the church was holding multiple drag show events the following weekend. Penny was initially arrested and charged with federal offenses March 31st, and if convicted, convicted. He faces a maximum penalty of up to 20 years in prison. A 20-year-old it's a kid.
1: It's just happening early and early, this indoctrination by the
0: right. It's, yeah, it's awful and horrible. Uh, Molotov cocktail at a church. Um, just just indescribable. Yeah. The hate, the amount of hate. Yeah, all stirred up by Fox News and the right. Uh, and this false fear of, of things that... People have no concept of Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, truly. (sighs) All right. Um, So, anyway, he's in custody. I doubt he's going to get any pretrial release, which is good. And and also, Guo Wang Wei, by the way, is not getting that. That's the guy. Remember, he was Bannon was arrested on his yacht. He's got like a billion dollars in fraud. Uh, He doesn't get pretrial release either, which is kind of odd for white collar criminals. Yeah, but wonderful. But yeah, yeah, odd indeed. Very good news. He is a flight risk, <laughs> so he has to stay in jail pending his trial. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, Dana, remember last week when we were talking about the tapes of Ted Cruz admitting there was no election fraud that they got from Abby Grossman? Yes, I did. Well, yeah, Tuesday on The Beat, just finished watching it. The Beat with Ari Melber, who we've had on this show. He's a very cool guy. Abby Grossman's lawyer joined Ari to discuss some additional audio from Ted Cruz. It was This was an exclusive. This was the first time we heard these tapes was on MSNBC Today, which was Tuesday afternoon. And in these tapes, Ted Cruz admits to Maria Bartiromo the plot to delay the electoral count and steal the election. He says, quote, I think that the country deserves to have credible assessment of these claims and what the evidence shows, and the mechanism to try to force that is denying certification on the 6th. Now, he said these words, the country deserves to have a credible assessment of these claims, after he had admitted in tapes to Fox News that there was no evidence. And right. same with Rudy, right? Now, Bartiromo said, well, who decides who gets inaugurated in this case? And Ted Cruz talked about this commission he was going to put together. It would be the results of that commission. And what they find, and if they found credible evidence of fraud that undermines confidence in the electoral results in any given state, they would report on that. Now, it's important to note, again, that he made these statements after he admitted that he didn't have evidence of voter fraud. Additionally, I want you to listen to this clip of Ted Cruz, which was posted about a year ago by Gal Suburban on Twitter, who's a really great online sleuth, OSINT. And this is Ted Cruz. You know, after the election and again, after he knew there, there was no fraud. Let's listen.
2: ...to protect the integrity of the democratic system. And, and so this past week, I spent writing out a position and assembling a group that ultimately of 11 senators that we put out yesterday that we will together object to certification in order to force the appointment of an emergency uh, electoral commission to perform an emergency audit of the election results to to assess these claims of frauds. I think we can do that. We can do it promptly. We can do it in 10 days before the inauguration. But I think we have an obligation to the voters and we have an obligation to the Constitution to ensure that this election was lawful.
0: So with all that in mind, Ari Melber asked Abby Grossman's lawyer if, again, we sort of knew this, but he asked again if any law enforcement agencies had reached out to him to get those 90 or so audio tapes most of which we haven't heard, and the lawyer said yes, and admitted that the Department of Justice, and more specifically, the Office of Special Counsel Jack Smith, had asked for those tapes. Oh, if Ted Cruz could go down for this shit, you have no idea. I'd be so happy. I know. I'm really interested to see the battle between the speech or debate clause and this. We have seen in multiple Department of Justice filings that it cannot be within the scope of your duty as a legislator to overthrow the government. So so I don't know. Um, We saw it in Scott Perry. We saw it in Pence. We'll see what happens here. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And
1: one of the Supreme Court news, this is a a different justice for two years now, beginning in 2015. For two years, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch sought a buyer for a 40-acre tract of property he co-owned in rural Granby, Colorado. Nine days after he was confirmed by the Senate for a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court, the then-circuit court judge got one, the chief executive of Greenberg Trarig. I believe that's how they say the name, Traurig, one of the nation's biggest law firms with a robust practice before the high court, all right? Gorsuch owned the property with two other individuals. On April 16th of 2017, Greenberg's Brian Duffy put under contract the 3,000-square-foot log home on the Colorado River and nestled in the mountains northwest of Denver, and that's according to real estate records. He and his wife closed on the house a month later, paying $1.825 million, and that's according to a deed in the county's record system. Now, Gorsuch, who held a 20% stake, reported making between 250 dollars and $500,000 from the sale on his federal disclosure forms. Well, Gorsuch did not disclose the identity of the purchaser. He left that box blank. Since then, Greenberg-Trorig has been involved in at least 22 cases before or presented to the court, and that's according to Politico, the review of the court's dockets. In a related story, Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden, who's a Democrat from Oregon, on Monday asked Texas billionaire Harlan Crow, man, he sure comes up in different places, to voluntarily provide a detailed accounting of the gifts he has provided to Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas as well as information about Georgia properties that pertinent Republican donors purchased from Thomas and his relatives. In a letter to Crow, Wyden asked him to respond to a detailed list of questions by May 8, saying the American public deserves a full accounting of his largest and that the unprecedented arrangement between a wealthy benefactor and a Supreme Court justice raises serious concerns related to federal tax and ethics laws. End quote. Yep, went on to say the secrecy surrounding your dealings with Justice Thomas is simply unacceptable. Well, last week, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Richard Durbin, the Democrat from Illinois, as we know, invited John G. Roberts, Justice Roberts Jr., to testify at a public Senate hearing next month on ethics rules governing the Supreme Court as part of what Durbin said is a needed conversation, quote, on ways to restore the court's ethics standards. Chief Justice Roberts has denied that request. This is his court. This is beginning to look worse and worse for him.
0: Yeah, and he wrote a big old long letter saying, hey, you worry about your shit, I'll worry about mine, bro. And I'm paraphrasing, but... Um, of course. Yeah, that's what he said. Um, no oversight. Wonderful. But yeah, that's really interesting, huh? Greenberg Trarig buying a Gorsuch property that he tried to sell for two years It Languished on the fucking soft market. And then nine days after he's appointed, bam, $1.825 million. They bought, the, yeah. they bought it and then, and then proceeded to have 22 cases in front of that court. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing, no, nothing to see here. All right. Uh, <laughs> in some other court news, attorneys for the Proud Boys placed blame for the January 6th attack on Donald Trump. Wonderful. During closing arguments in the seditious conspiracy trial on Tuesday. They argued and argued. Uh, hey, he told us he, it was Donald Trump. We were just listening to Donald Trump. An attorney for Enrique Tario said federal prosecutors were trying to make the Proud Boys a scapegoat for Donald Trump and those in power. A lawyer for Joe Biggs said that the defendants went to D.C. because their commander in chief told him it would be wild. <laughs> That's referencing Trump's infamous tweet on December 19th, 2020, an hour, just an hour after that infamous knockdown drag out December 18th meeting. And of course, you know, that tweet called on his supporters to go to D.C. on January 6th. Be there. We'll be wild. Uh, that's what the commander in chief said. And so they did. Norm Pattis, an attorney for Biggs, told jurors, adding that their commander in chief sold them a lie. OK, Tario Biggs and fellow Proud Boys, Nordine, Pozzola and Zachriel are each facing at least nine counts, including seditious conspiracy. And we know what that is, the rarely used Civil War era law. The trial's been underway for more than three months now. Biggs lawyer, Pattis, told jurors that January 6th was a perfect storm and that Trump played a larger role. Quote, if the case of the United States v. Donald Trump is ever brought, Pattis said, the fight like hell quote would be exhibit one. But Trump is not on trial, he said. Defense attorney Naib Hassan, who represents Enrique Tarrio, Uh, Pointed the finger at Trump also, saying the former president's anger caused what happened on January 6th and reminded jurors that Trump said fight like hell or his supporters weren't going to have a country anymore. Hassan even partially blamed the membership of the Proud Boys on Trump, saying Trump's stand back and stand by call out to the group brought new attention to the Proud Boys, and they grew so quickly that vetting became difficult. Hassan then said Tario couldn't have known what was going to happen that day from his hotel in Baltimore. Remember, he had to leave the city? (laughs) Because he was told he couldn't be there because he had been arrested before. So he said Tario couldn't have known and then went on to defend Tario saying Enrique was an entertainer, a lover, a razzle dazzler. That's what he argued in court today, which just reminds me of Chicago. Give him the old razzle dazzle. (laughs) (laughs) I have to do jazz hands now every time I talk about Enrique Tario. Oh, my goodness. Now, keep in mind, Department of Justice has argued multiple times against what's called the public authority defense in, in in several rioter cases, which they've all won. And they're citing Judge Beryl Howell here in one of those cases that they won. And here's what she said. The president cannot, in keeping with his constitutional function and responsibilities under Article 2, lawfully permit actions that directly undermine the Constitution. Thus, a president cannot, within the confines of his constitutional authority, Prevent the constitutionally mandated certification of the results of a presidential election, nor can he encourage others to do so on his behalf, nor can he direct an assault on the co-equal legislative branch of government. Put simply, even if former President Trump in fact explicitly directed the rioters' actions, his statements would not immunize defendants charged with offenses arising from the January 6th assault on the Capitol from criminal liability. Big statements. The jury has the case. Deliberations begin today, Wednesday. And now we are on Verdict Watch. All right. Uh, what do you think? You think they'll get convicted of seditious conspiracy? I do.
1: I do, too. I just I worry so much that, you know, when they put all of this on Trump, these are still adults. So they have to be responsible for some for their actions, period. Yeah. But obviously, bringing this up over and over and over is a good thing that
0: like they yeah. were just following him. A hitman can't be like, yeah, I murdered that guy, but this guy paid me to. Exactly. Sorry, fuck yeah. boy, you're in trouble. <laughs> you arrest the guy that paid you.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of fuck boy, this guy. Oh my god, this is from Politico. The Florida Surgeon General, Joseph Ladapo, he personally altered a state-driven study about COVID-19 vaccines last year to suggest that some doses pose a significantly higher health risk for young men than had been established by the broader medical community. You know, scientists, and that's according to a newly obtained document. (laughs) Ladapo's changes released as part of a public records request presented the risks of cardiac death to be more severe than previous versions of the study. He later used the final document in October to bolster disputed claims that Pfizer biotech and Moderna vaccines were dangerous to young men. This is all happening in Florida. Now, researchers with the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health and University of Florida Who viewed Ladapo's edits on the study and have followed the issue very closely, they criticized the Surgeon General for making the changes. One said, it appears Ladapo altered the study out of political, not scientific concerns. Really? You think? I don't know who would have possibly asked him to do that. Yeah. The newly released draft of the eight-page study provided by the Florida Department of Health indicates that it initially stated that there was no significant risk associated with COVID-19 vaccines for young men. But quote Dr. L's edits, as the document is titled, reveal that Ladapo replaced that language to say that men between 18 and 39 years old are at high risk of heart illness from two COVID vaccines that use <laughs> mRNA technology. He so just they made it, the
0: shit up. Yeah, so it wasn't like he changed a couple of numbers. It went, yeah. went from saying there's no risk to a high risk for men between 18 and 39. Yeah. Made it up out of thin air.
1: Yeah doctors like this, I would rather have Derek Shepard's character from Grey's Anatomy actually work <laughs> on me than this guy. And I would you know take the I mean? janitor from
0: Scrubs <laughs> as a doctor before this guy. Oh my God. Seuss. Give me Seuss
1: at this point. Okay. Ladapo was picked by DeSantis in September of 2021 to become the state Surgeon General as DeSantis waged war against Joe Biden's COVID-related restrictions and ordered the state to ban mask-wearing requirements in schools and employer-issued vaccine mandates. Ladapo's edits also shed new light on an anonymous internal complaint he faced last year. I'm sure it's not the first. The complaint, which the Florida Department of Health's inspector general investigated, accused him of, quote, scientific fraud for allegedly manipulating the final draft of the study. Now, the inspector general stopped probing the complaint after the anonymous person failed to respond to emails. Huh? I wonder why. Yeah. In a previous interview with Politico, Ladapo said the accusations were factually false.
0: Mm, nope, they weren't. No, they were not. <laughs> wow. All right. So, a lot of really important news today. And um, you'll be gone tomorrow. So, it'll just be me uh, on Thursday and Friday bringing you the news. And then we're dark next week. And I will miss you. Bye. And we'll miss you. I always miss you. But we do have a lot of good news to get to still. So, let's do that. Let's have fun with this good news segment. We'll just do it right after this break. Stick around.
2: After these messages will be right back.
0: Hey everybody, with Aura Frames, reliving precious memories has never been easier. You don't need to print out photos to display them in your home or office. Aura Frames offers you the perfect solution to showcase your favorite moments. Their digital picture frames allow you to upload unlimited photos and videos from anywhere in the world using the free Aura app and Wi-Fi. Plus, you can preload the frame with personalized messages and meaningful memories that will instantly warm mom's heart. As the best digital photo frame, according to Wirecutter and The Strategist, Aura frames are guaranteed to make mom or grandma smile this Mother's Day. I actually got one for my aunt, uh, and I love it. She loves it. I got this for her last year for Mother's Day, and I love mine. I have several around the house. Um, These Aura frames are the perfect gift for my not-so-tech-savvy parents as well a couple years ago. They were struggling with the hassle of printing and framing their favorite photos, but this is super easy to set up. I got to record a personalized message. It only took a couple of minutes, and now they can display all their cherished moments without cluttering up their home with traditional frames. And it's a great way for them to stay connected to family and friends because I gave everybody you know, access to the app, and so now all the family members can send photos to the frames. With our Frames, I can react with cute emojis as well to show my love for a photo or send congratulations to loved ones. And the best part, the frames come beautifully packaged in a premium gift box with no price tag. So there's no need for wrapping paper. It's truly a beautiful box. I couldn't be happier with Aura frames. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can visit AuraFrames.com and get up to $30 off their best-selling Carver frames. That's AuraFrames, A-U-R-A-Frames.com. And listeners can get free shipping with code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout. This deal ends May 14th, so don't wait. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone! <laughs> <laughs> good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the mutt or what the heck wine, or you want to give a shout out to your pod pets to pay your pod pet tax. If you don't have a pet, you can show us an adoptable available pet in your area. If you want to give a shout out to a small business, a locally owned business that you want to support in your area, or if you're a maker or a creator, so many of our listeners are, you can send us your information and we'll send them to your Etsy shopper, however you do. Um so much good news to get to, and if you have any you want to send to us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up, Bree like the cheese with a correction. Hello, Laguma ladies. I love the way y'all are able to make the news understandable. I've been listening since the kitchen table days, and it's the first news I hear in the morning. I'm sure I'm not the only one who noticed, but Dino Dave gave you the answer to what the dinosaur <laughs> guessed the Lego fossil in his letter. Dana read the answer and A.G. even said sure. And then y'all <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I know it was a lot of information in that letter, but the answer was there. Parasaurophilus. Is that right? Parasaurolophus. You got this one. Yep. Up, guess. It went before you saw the picture. I'm glad you got this one. Yep. Parasaurolophilus. Snuffleupagus. It went before you saw the picture. Thank you both for everything you do. I'll make sure I tell I even had a wrong guess, and it was right in front of my fucking face. That's amazing. I'll make sure to tell everyone I know that I listen to the Daily Beans for accurate, non-panic-inducing news, even though my dinosaur reporting is not as accurate. Thank you for that. Oh my God, this dinosaur is still so cool again.
1: Anyway, so amazing. All right, this next one's from Julie, pronouns she and her. Dear lovely Allison and Dana, this is a thank you for something that you are not aware that you have given me. It was the gift of humor when I needed it most. I just completed 16 rounds of chemo, my goodness, over the past eight months for stage three breast cancer. Every two weeks, I had treatment sessions that ran anywhere from four to six hours. To help me through this, I would stop listening to each Beans episode immediately before the good news and store them up like a chipmunk saving nuts. During my chemo infusion, I would play two weeks of back-to-back good news. Your laughter reading these and the heartwarming stories brightened my day and help pass the time in a positive way. So ladies, thank you for being the bright spot in a tough journey. Sending you all my love and gratitude. Julie, you are so welcome. I, I don't know how things are now, but I hope that you are thriving and are healthier and, and everything that you've done, that you've needed to do to your body has helped in this process, fighting this cancer.
0: 16 rounds, super amazing. Warrior. And, and th- thanks to all the leguminati for sending in the good news for us to read. Uh, Dana, could you take the next one, too? I'll take the last one. I'm
1: happy to. This is from Jennifer, pronouns she and her. Hi there. I live on Vancouver Island, Canada, and listen to every day. My dad started loving Donald Trump shortly after 2016, and it's been a sore spot in our relationship and has ruined part of it. We found out recently he has brain cancer. And he and my mom now live with myself, hubby and daughter, and dog, of course. Uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And now a caregiver. Mom has MS. Anyway, I enjoy my walks and laughs with you too, so thank you so much. My dog, Abby. Abby the Labby. <laughs> and there's an LOL after that too. And my daughter, Adela. The picture is a few years old, but one of my favorites. You guys are awesome. Oh, look it. I mean, this is a beautiful photo.
0: Oh, what a beautiful little baby girl. And what a beautiful yeah. dog. I, I love the bell Santa Christmas collar that she's wearing there oh my goodness abby but um adela is gorgeous and seriously wow that's that's a lot that you're dealing with jennifer so you know thank you for for all that you do i know being a caregiver is um very tough it can be very tough so anyway i'm i'm just appreciative of of everything that you're doing all right From Gail P, pronoun she and her, tribute to Bill Frederick, a hero. When I was financially able to retire from my job as a school counselor and mediator, nice, I was finally able to return to the apple orchard that I loved and had owned for over 40 years at the time. I needed to find good helpers and I contacted Bill through a business card he left at the local building supply store. At first, it was only to be for some minor repairs, but I quickly realized that Bill was very clever and able to figure things out This was the beginning of my time with Bill as a valuable friend at the orchard. He quickly learned how to handle the delicate controls of the front end loader and spent every harvest carefully lifting and hauling the bins of apples to be picked up by the trucks and sent to the warehouse for processing. The remarkable thing about Bill was that he had been dealt a very shitty hand in life. Father was abusive, his mother died when he was young, and he was on his own at age 11, Dana.
1: My goodness.
0: He never learned to read. He had no teeth, but he knew how to work, and how to read diagrams, and how things and equipment worked, the truck, the sprayer, the forklift, so that he could fix them, saving me thousands of dollars over the years. He was kind to animals, he had a good sense of humor, kept his work area and living area clean and tidy, was a good friend, and definitely a diamond in the rough. Finally, though, Bill's health was deteriorating, and I knew I couldn't put him back on the tractor. We kept in touch as we shared the same birthday, I'm one year older. He asked me to be the beneficiary of a life insurance policy that he was paying for out of his Social Security benefits because he trusted me to make sure that money would get to a good place to help children. He wanted to make a difference in the world. I feel very honored that Bill knew I would make sure that money was used wisely. A good portion of the policy has been sent to help children with cleft palates, and the rest has been sent to a crisis nursery that provides a safe place for children when there is a family in distress. But just think about it. Bill, who was handed absolutely nothing in life, is leaving the world a better place. Bill spent the last few years of his life renting from a woman who was also a good friend. She and her daughter and her sister and her granddaughter came to the orchard to return Bill's ashes. He is now on a beautiful precipice with the ashes of his former partner and her dog, Jack.
1: Mm.
0: I will send along pictures of Honeybean the newest addition to my dog family, joining Yellow Labs, Red Fox, Red Fox, Hank and Hazel, and my Mexican cat, Gracie. Honey Bean is also from Mexico, having flown into SeaTac with a flight angel in August this past summer, which leads me to a shout out to another hero, Julie Ward in Puerto Vallarta. She's saving many dogs off the streets and she's overwhelmed. So if anybody out there who'd be able to help Julie with these expenses, please use Venmo address julie-ward-54 and give her a hand up in her wonderful work. Believe me, she's a warrior, and I experienced her in action when she helped me get Max out of Mexico into his new home in Colorado. I was the flight angel on that trip just as COVID was breaking, and I'm happy to report that Max is dearly loved in his new home with my beautiful daughter and her family. I'm pretty sure that Honey Bean is an Ibizan, most likely brought to Mexico by the Spaniards, where they were bred to chase down small game on the mm, Belararic Islands. Sounds right to me. I'm also sending a picture of the Ibizan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And as far as I can tell, they are pretty much identical. Thanks for everything you do on the Daily Beans. I access your podcast every day that it's available. I enjoy so much of the intelligent listeners who also love their animals and see the world with clear eyes. At 76 years old, I just want to live long enough to see our democracy once again in safe hands. I know there are a lot of good people out there working on it, and you're helping us find our way.
1: My goodness, Gail, what an absolutely beautiful tribute to Bill, first of all. The Mm -hmm. submission is just so lovely. You're an incredible writer. These dogs are in the snow, but they look like they're in the clouds. They really do. I thought they're beautiful. (laughs) I thought that was clouds at first.
0: Gorgeous pups
1: gorgeous gorgeous oh
0: look at that last photo i know beautiful dogs well thank you everybody for sending in these submissions um and you can send yours in yeah uh, at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact Dana, do you have any final thoughts before you get out of here for a little while? We're going to be, you're out for the next two days and then we're out for a week after that.
1: Yeah, I just wishing you all the best. Um, You know, usually when we take some time off, something big happens or definitely when I leave. So, um, you know, just over the next couple of weeks, be good to yourselves. And I'll look forward to catching you up on my stories and going to go do some good things in the world and some good work in the world. And I know that you'll be doing the same because our listeners are just a great fucking community that is trying to leave the world better than we found it and so i love you all very much.
0: Uh, yeah, i'm going to miss you my friend. Uh but you know, you'll be back soon. I will. I and um so will we and and i look forward to that day. So, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> hey, I just before we get out of here, did we talk yesterday about Fonnie Willis's announcement? I can't remember. We did. Okay. Yep, we sure wanna- did just want to make sure i got that news out there because i know it was pretty important and i'm still sort of flying high on it um and uh that indictments are going to come in july or august so if anything happens in may it's going to be from the doj it's gotta be may <laughs> gotta be the doj okay we'll 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 figure out a song maybe maybe Dada diva can help us with that there you go. all right uh, I will be back in your ears tomorrow and Friday. Um, so everybody, until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. I've been E.G. And I have been D.G. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane